Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Young Hefe Holmes. Ah. So scary, won't let them bury me. Uh, That's why I keep my 30. I shoot like carry. And boy, I'm getting money. I'm getting money. Uh huh. These niggas hilarious. Alright, welcome back to Don V Fridays. We got a very, very special episode, man. We got Drip in the building. How you living, my boy? Good, man. It's uh it's episode 140. Um pretty sure I started here episode 90 was my first episode so 50 episodes uh doesn't feel like 50 episodes it flew by I mean this past year and a couple months but uh yeah for the listeners go back go back to that episode 90 man it was hold I, I was a totally different totally different guy on there man made a lot of strides but uh just uh a ton of strides hey you know it's, yeah, hey it's ain't nothing to it but to do it yeah, that's exactly right. You know, we say every time we have other podcasts on or ever give advice, you know, you just gotta gotta keep doing it, man. Just stick to the uh, stick to the schedule, keep pumping them out, and they'll get better. And that's that's what we've been doing. Yes, so, got it. That's yes, and like like you said, to the other pods, to the to the aspiring content creators, whether that be streamers, YouTubers, whatever, podcasters, musicians. You gotta just keep doing this shit. Like, like yep. everybody has this idea of in their mind of what they want their content to be. And then when they do it and it sucks at first, like they people don't like to suck at nothing. Like, right. It's just part it's like it's part of life. Like it is. You got your ass up and walk. You ain't just start running. Exactly. All over the place, you fail. It's just the way it be. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, and even even when I that's that's something you told me even off air when we started. Um, I remember just just not knowing if I was doing the right things. You, that was the first thing you told me, you know, you got to crawl first and we'll get better. And, you know, we went we did a lot this past year, went on to get guests on and went through a full season of episodes. I mean, it was it was a great year. A lot of good episodes in that 50, 50 episode span. So. We'll keep pumping. Of, a lot of classic episodes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. In that in that in that, in that time frame in that space. Yep. Um, that shows some love to our sponsor, Baron Ridge Tree Stand. Well, shout out, man. Baron Ridge been holding it down. Baron Ridge has developed the first ever climbing platform for saddle hunters and mobile hunters, weighing in under four pounds and only twelve inches wide by fourteen inches long. The ascent is perfect for long hikes to your site. Our climbing platform is ASTM certified and 100% made and manufactured in Virginia. 
The Ascent can be folded to fit in your backpack or left set up to strap to your pack. Spend less time, spend less time setting up and more time hunting with the Ascent O2. Get in the woods farther, faster, and quieter with the Baron Ridge Ascent O2. For more info, go to Baron Ridge, go to our website at BaronRidgeTreeStands.com or follow us on Instagram at Baron Ridge Tree Stands. For all the hunters out there, I mean, don't be hunting in Virginia, 9757. Uh, <laughs> been a lot of flooding, been a lot of flooding going on, and a lot of, uh, it's been ducks everywhere. Like, if, if you're in the 757, y'all know what I'm talking about. When I say it's ducks everywhere, that lets you know. It, it, it don't let you know it's duck season. It's flooding. <laughs> get your ass. Get If you live in the 757, get inland, man. <laughs> Neptune trying to kill us, right? <laughs> Not is that jokes out here, but um, on your ass, hey, Neptune been on our ass lately with no rain. <laughs> <laughs> Neptune been on our ass. Um, I've been working at Virginia Beach lately too. Shit, not looking Neptune. good, huh? Neptune is not fucking around out there. Yeah, it's the time of year though for you guys, right? Going towards the summer, the weather starts no, it acting. Ain't, it ain't even hurricane season yet. What's that? More towards August? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the maybe the global warming's got the months all fucked up. It's giving you hurricane season now. It's crazy out here. But uh, Virginia Tech has been on a bit of a roll recruiting wise. The month of May has been very great. Yes. To the Hokies, as far as I mean, like a, like maybe even two weeks ago or a week ago, I remember people saying, "When is Prague gonna start landing?" commits like what's going on people was not freaking out but just like well, starting to ask questions what's going on well where, where, where the commits at and april and may uh prep you know probably been reeling them off back to back to back to back to back um as of right now virginia tech has the number 21 ranked recruiting class that don't mean shit right now but that's just what the number is Mm-hmm. No. I, I used to say this. We used to say the same thing during Fuente classes when they would be ranked number six or some shit in June. Like, look, man, it's just what the numbers say. Yep. Just you wait. Know, wait till signing day. Wait till signing. With that day. information as you may, but um, I guess we could start running down the commits and we and and a little bit of a disclaimer for anybody new to Don V Fridays. We only talk about. Hard commits. We don't talk about silent verbals or and all that other shit. Yes, we talk yeah. about people who commit. They got to mm-hmm. edit and all that shit. So, correct. Um, Marcel Baylor. Uh, I think he was a silent mm-hmm. commit for a while, um, mm-hmm. but he did. Uh, he did officially commit, and he's our our highest ranked composite player, uh, receiver from Radford. So pretty close to Tech in terms of uh, you know location, mm-hmm. but. Um, you know, I mean, like you said, last week, so like six days ago from when we recorded, we only had the two recruits. Uh, it was Lance Williams, the lineman from Tennessee, and then the other one um, was Jason Abbey, the edge rusher from Richmond. And he was a low, low range recruit, not a lot of information on him. So, yeah, like you said, man, it was it was it was quiet out here. But um, we, we've been racking them up this past weekend uh, and, and at some skill position players, too. 
a wide receiver, an athlete, and now a quarterback today. So, um, you know, is this, I guess my question to you is, is this kind of the, what you expected from, from pride to this point? Uh, did you expect more? Um, you know, what, what's the, what are you feeling right now? I think pride is, he's living up to what Fuente left him for better and for worse. Um, He's, he's, everybody's within the footprint. Like he said, everybody's from Virginia, Maryland, Tennessee, Georgia, Pennsylvania. Right. The Harrisburg area, like he said. Um, Six hour radius. Yep. He's, he stayed within the footprint and he's getting foundational pieces. None of these, and I, you know, none of these recruits are going to, you know, none of them are sexy right now. Um, but those are the foundational pieces to help land the bigger fish down the road. And I don't even mean in this cycle. I mean, next year in 2025, even the following, even the following, you know, it's yeah, going to, it's going it, to take some time. Foundational pieces. Um, when I look at Dante Lovett's film, I see a kid that could probably help us at safety and at corner. Like he looked versatile on film. Um, yep. One and then you get you get a Damatha kid. One of my my cousin went to Damatha, so that's yeah, a, uh, that's a great school up in up in PG County, St. Hasville, Maryland. It's a great school up there in PG County, Maryland. And you get you get Dylan Whitney today, and he got decent mobility and a decent arm. He might be a career backup here, but you gotta have depth at that position. We learned that last year, mm-hmm. so. I see solid pieces. Marcel Baylor, I, I he's ranked as a receiver, but I look at him and just as an athlete, like just yeah. I, I mean, think they're hoping time, he comes in, but I think he can play anywhere. He's just athletic in general. Right, just just get him out on the field, maybe running back, maybe receiver. Shit, he's maybe, he's big. Maybe defense, yeah, maybe defense. Yeah, you know, six so. three, two hundred. I mean, yeah, I, he I can would play anywhere. I, I wouldn't even. You know, I would hold off on wide receiver and just see where he fits uh, right. when he comes in. But solid pieces, um, a, a pair of tackles and, and Haynes Hammer, which is a nasty name. Yeah, uh, man. He's got to live up. Uh, he's got to be great. With Joe Rudolph, come on. A-O, that's some AO shit right there. Haynes Hammer. Getting pancakes. <laughs> pancakes. Right. I mean, come on, man. He's got to be good. He's from Gabriel Germany, Arena. too. Yeah. And Gabriel Arena. So, I think Pry and his staff is doing exactly what I expected them to do. Obviously, he has to kind of clean up Fuente's mess. And he already, I think Pry even said himself, like, this one's going to be hard. Like, yeah. Won't nothing going to be easy about this one. So I think Pry is doing his job. I don't think he's doing a great job. I don't think he's doing a poor job. I think he's doing his job. What say you? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm on the same boat there. Um, I think these are all all building block players, um, but it's really going to come down to coaching at the end of the day. I think that's like the biggest thing, you know, can these players become NFL players? Can we can we win with these players? Can they develop these players? Like, you know, um, I put out a, now when you yeah. develop them, will they stay? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a different ball game out here. I, I think I think so. Um 
and I think what we're going to see from Pry in the coming years is like an actual culture and an identity at Tech where uh, where players want to stay, they want to build, they're getting better, they're in a place where they can succeed. So I think, you know, ratings aside, like it's going to be what you see on the field, right? And if and if these players are playing well, if we're winning games, and so. Um, you know, I put out a thread today talking about how Cincinnati just basically pumped a ton of three-star and two-star players into the NFL. And, uh, I think that's what you have to do if you're creating a good program is like, you got like these players that you're getting right now, like you have to turn them into something that you can move back in terms of a resume. Like, Hey, we just put Dante Lova in the NFL as a cornerback, like check where he's check out where he's at, you know, Marcel Baylor's in the NFL too. He's playing well, like. You got to be able to do that. So, right. And that used to be Virginia Tech. Exactly. Exactly. Right. You know, that getting back to that. Getting, right. back to, getting back to it. Um, even the quarterback thing. I mean, I mean, I was looking, you know, uh, in terms of just even Desmond Ritter was like an 83. Uh, Dylan Whitakey's 84, 85 range. But like, mm-hmm. if, if they can turn him into a, a good college quarterback, and win games and like that right there is the blueprint that's your use case and you show other four stars around the area will see that and be like you know if he can do that at his level i can do more right and then that opens the door later down the road so i feel like this is a foundational and this is a little different than what fuente did because when fuente came in um his first real class um, I believe was the Trey Turner class or actually it was the year before. So I think it was. Um, yeah. yeah. Fuente actually, he started off hot. Yeah. He, he had a lot of buzz, but it, it didn't, um, I don't know. It, it never felt like he was building the right pieces. It felt like he was just getting the the splashes, you know, and they weren't, they weren't really developing the, the guys, you know, cause Devin, Hunt, yeah, Devin Hunter came early on too. Yeah. Fuente, like his recruiting was, it, while on the top ends, he had the star power on the top ends. He was still, he was still wonky with how he would recruit positions. So he would bring in like four or five receivers, four or five DBs. Like it was still like lopsided recruiting. So even though like right, he was recruiting well at those positions at the time, he was still neglecting certain positions. That it was crazy. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And then when he, once he lost his clout, it got even worse. <laughs> right, then you got nine running backs and, you know, stacking room is way too big for competition reasons. Um, yeah. But I think this makes sense. I mean, it's a slow roll. It, it just started picking up, right? We just started getting more recruits. It was a slow roll until now. Um, but um, it seems like the positional the, – the way that the recruits are – our positional wise, it, it seems like it's evened out pretty well. Uh, and they all have like a specific role where they're coming in to play. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens, but I think, you know, biggest thing is how they play on the field and if we win games and if they succeed, like, you know, that's, it's going to be, I feel like once, once it comes down to the games, really going to find out and see, cause I mean, the recruits don't really mean a whole lot when you bring in, you know, Devin Hunter and you don't get anything out of him. Right. But if you bring in three stars and turn them into NFL players and then parlay that into getting four stars and five stars down the road, that's how you build a successful program. Not just like having the clout in social media, bringing in, you know, recruits and then just having them play mediocre. So um, I think this is what you have to do right now. So I, I, I like the direction. Um, It's nothing, 
it's nothing crazy so far, you know. Yeah, but nothing crazy. It's nothing worth like falling falling out over. But I didn't expect Pry to come in here and work crazy miracles. Right. Uh, he was he was kind of left a mess in the recruiting departments. He was left a mess roster wise and recruiting wise. Um, yeah. Well, see, this is what really irritates me about the roster in general is like last year going into the regular season at the start, uh, we, we were con- we were having discussions and arguments with other people about how many games we thought tech was going to win. And people were adamant about like nine and 10 wins, right. That, that we could do that with the roster. And now we, we haven't necessarily lost or gained a whole lot in terms of the roster, but now everybody's accepting that the roster is bad, but it, really was in the same place that it was last year. So it's like, okay, right. why are we just now thinking that the roster's bad? It was bad last year. It was bad the year before. You know what I mean? Man, fan is short for fanatic. These people are crazy. Right. People want to believe. I mean, at the, at the core of it, people want to believe. People want something to be true, so they hope it is. They try to speak things into existence. And while I feel like we got a worse roster than last year, we cannot possibly have a worse quarterback room than last year. Yeah, because so last year was we just still might win six or seven. We won six games last year. I think we went six and seven, right? Something like that. Yeah, and something like that. <laughs> and uh, I think we'll do the same thing this year, like six or seven. You know. Yeah, the weird the weird thing about this year is the the schedule kind of plays in our favor. You know, yeah. it's it's actually really easy. Might be one of the easiest schedules that we've had. Um, so I I mean, there's a scenario where we win eight games, but we're not an eight win team. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, like us in twenty eighteen. Yeah. Yeah, 2019. I think it was 2019. Won nine games or whatever. Yes, we we started handing, and we we had this momentum, and we rolled it out and to the belt bowl. We lost, but we was like an eight eight or nine win team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting because I mean we play. You know, you can even go through the the list, and it's like Old Dominion. Okay, Wofford. There's two. West Virginia, probably three. They're not they're not really taking any steps. Um, UNC Pittsburgh up in the air, Miami up in the air, North Carolina State probably a win, maybe a loss. Georgia Tech probably win, Duke win, Liberty win, Virginia win. I mean, that's almost eight right there. So it's an easy schedule. It's not hard. We don't have any, we don't have any big games really. Yeah, but if if um if Grant Wells was to get injured, it could be it could be like last year when, when uh, yeah yeah. When Blumbrick and them was playing games, yeah, the, the would get hurt. at least the at least the depth is a little bit better this year than it in terms of quarterbacks than it was last year. I you I hope so. You I hope because so? I didn't see. I was at the spring game. I ain't see nothing from Jay, Jason Brown mm-hmm. that put that kind of confidence in me. And I don't know if they trust Devin Farrell or Taj to play. Right. Somebody, yeah, but it, the thing Brown, is, is like, like even if they don't trust them to play, I still feel like they're a better option than uh than you know than Bullock. I mean not Bullock, uh Blumrick or uh or Knox, you know. Like if yeah. they get thrown into the fire, 
even if they're not trusted, I feel like they still probably take the edge. Yeah, make it shake, right? It depends on what they're getting in practice, too, right? Because there was like the, you know, Fuente had like the emergency QP package for his third string Mm -hmm. QB, which was, you know, fade or run. Right, yeah. Yeah, it was all over the place. Um, So... Yeah, it, interesting class they're putting together so far. If you if you're to look down this uh, this this class we got so far in terms of these six guys, anybody that you uh, that you like, anybody stands out. You know, you talk about the Dematha kid. Oh, it's always good getting uh, somebody from yeah, Dematha. I like I like love his film. Um, when you, it's hard to find a kid that's willing to tackle. You know, he looked to be a willing tackler. Now I'm not saying that he's a great tackler. I'm just saying he's a willing tackler, which means I, I think we could use him at safety or at nickel or star. I don't know what they call this, the nickel, the star, the whip, whatever the fuck. It's yeah, the guy, outside. the guy, yeah, the guy that plays um, everything. Yeah, so when you got a guy that's a willing tackler and um, he's shown the versatility to also be able to play outside and hold up in coverage, uh, he had the best film out of everybody I saw, um, especially out of the out of this month of May run we've had. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, last year, so last year we got Cam Johnson from St. Francis. Um, I feel like for St. Francis and DeMath are kind of the two schools from that area that are that you want to go to, you know, and, and pull kids from. Right. So and, and, and good counsel. Ladies, right. Ladies, yep. Ladies. Um, and um, the school that Mansur Delane came from too, uh, Archbishop Spalding, I think it is. Yeah. Um, that's Merlin, another. Merlin. I lived in Merlin for eight years, and they don't really talk about public school ball up there like, like they do down here in Virginia. Like, down here, public school ball is still the shit, but up there it's like private school ball. I don't know. It's weird up there. Yeah, yeah, different different ball game. Um, speaking of Mansur Delane, his um, I'm probably not saying his name right, sorry, but um, his his younger brother, uh, I think it's Fahim Fahim Delane, just got offered by Tech recently, um, and he's got a nice oh, offer Alabama sheet. Too. <laughs> yeah, he did get the Bama offer. Um, Bama's a a weird offer. They they they'll offer kids, but when they like them offering versus them actively pursuing a kid are two different things. So I don't know oh, if yeah. they, if it's just like uh Hey, we're, we're, we're giving you a nod or if it's like, Hey, we're actively recruiting you and we have a spot for you type of thing, you know? So they offered him, hey, it's not, he's also, yeah, he's also maybe got a Fuente was playing some four D chess with the, with the, yeah, maybe, 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 maybe Fuente want a dumb fuck, man. <laughs> Maybe Fuente had a plan. <laughs> I guess we'll never know. Come full circle. Come in full circle. Right on this podcast. Yeah, shout yeah. out to Justin Fuente, man. Yeah. Um, it's kind of wild that none of those coaches really have any anything going at all. You know, still yeah. still dry. Nothing. Man, my man Brad Cornelson is paint. He uh, taking money off eighth graders to coach them so that should let you know right there man shout out to brad cornelson man free man free bc man brad was a good dude man <laughs> good dude man 
I, I'm gonna go to my grave saying, man, Brad Cornelson was doing his job, just following Fuente to the grave, doing his job, checking the boxes. Yeah. Um, but uh, Fahim, the younger brother, he's got only five offers, but man, his offer sheet's good. Alabama, Boston College, Penn State, Texas A&M, and Tech. That's a good five to have as a as a sophomore in high school, man. Yeah, yeah, especially when you're trying to get paid. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Speaking of getting paid, what do you what do you think of the uh, of, of everything going around right now in terms of NIL? Uh, there's a lot of talk about this shit presidents off the rails. In what way? Because um, we've been, you know, everybody knows where you stand in terms of proponents. NIL. We've been proponents of NIL, and I was kind of naive about NIL at first because I was like, "Yeah, they should make money." I'm thinking these. I'm thinking they're gonna do autograph signings and sell their cleats. I did not think shit like Beats by Dre would get involved. I couldn't fathom it that Barstool Sports would be cutting million dollar checks and all that. And I'm not saying they don't that kids don't deserve it this and that. But what ended up happening is when you get a player like Jordan Addison, who was a Belitnikov winner, and it's like, oh, he's about to transfer to USC for millions of dollars. Now, obviously, he couldn't go fucking do it because that was clear case of tampering. So he had to just say, oh, I'm just going to go into the portal. But he was clearly still on Pitt's roster with an NIL deal from USC, uh, from the boosters at USC, not uh Lincoln Riley himself obviously right once it got to that as a Virginia Tech fan it just made me be like okay so we're fucking cooked (laughs) yeah man it's getting it's getting kind of scary out here if we ever produce a player that gets halfway decent what would stop Clemson or Penn State or somebody from getting them from us like oh come on over here we got a hell of a lot more fucking money than they do yeah. He can offer you more stuff and get you into the league probably at a higher at a higher rate. So I'm yeah, opponent of the NIL, but the Jordan Addison situation was the first thing to be make me be like, maybe the fucking boomers had it right. <laughs> yeah, man. Maybe maybe they just need a little more uh a little more regulation on it. I don't know how you how you add more regulation to it because it's kind of the wild west to begin with, right? The whole idea of like just fucking paying players in college it is the wild west, but maybe there's a way to to regulate it a little more than it is because it's getting it's getting kind of crazy out here. It's getting crazy yeah. here. Like I said, if Jordan Addison would have went to USC, that was a clear case of tampering. Like I don't like he had to he had to not go to USC. He had to. Yeah, but he's like also that. getting all the offers from everywhere else. So I mean, he's not. Yeah, he's not. Was, he's yeah. in a portal now. Yeah, yeah. So he can listen to offers, but you can't be listening to offers as a pit player. That was nasty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. he was about like Jordan Addison almost fucked up the church's money for reals. Um. So what's the what's I, the long term? What's the what's the long term effects of uh of nil? Do you think it just it just furthers the gap between the elite and the the middle of the pack? You know, kind of like the rich versus think. middle class, or or nothing? No, no. I think well, college is a rich get richer sport. It's always been that, but at least with nil, with some of the collectives in place, maybe 
some schools can emerge, like Arkansas, or Oklahoma State, because those got rich, Tennessee, like some schools that's not in the cool table can come back. So, like Michigan, like Michigan got a lot of money back in them. Michigan actually, I think, has the most money out of any public school in America. Yeah, so I'm I'm still for NIL, but it's going to be hard to prove the tampering because the schools aren't. I mean, USC didn't contact Jordan Addison. I'm pretty sure Beats by Dre reps or somebody did, but still, it's going to be hard to get that shit under control. But uh, as long as they can get the tampering out, and I'm good. Yeah, I'm good with all the crazy shit. Yeah, I mean, mean, it just seems like before it was probably the school and the organization and the boosters, they would have to individually contact as a whole these players. But now you have all these external factors, all these other, you know, personalities and companies that can come in from any angle at any point, you know, and kind of just flip everything. Um, I mean, there was a we even just talking about USC. Um, Antonio Cotman, I think, got an NIL offer from USC recently on a visit. Um, don't know what's happening there, but um, you know, I mean, things can sway more than they've ever swayed, right? Like people can j- just oh, on a dime flip. We've seen flips before, but like the flips now are going to be wild. But the way that the way that I look at it, like if I'm a recruit and it coming from a business like standpoint, like, okay, just commit commit to a school to get your name out there. And um, and as you gain, you know, more recognition by being committed to a school, then it might help you get a better offer, a better NIL deal from somewhere else that you can flip for a higher value. Uh, and basically just keep flipping these NIL deals higher and higher and higher. Um, and if, if you're playing well, then it, then it's all great. And you'll, you'll be in the league and you maximize your money while you're in college. And maybe you bounce around from a school or two or maybe three, and then you're, you're good money. Right. So it's like, it's like free agency in, in college, but at the highest level, like there's no, there's basically no barriers. Yeah. Hey, shout out to free agency. Um, yeah, you got and you got to definitely look at everybody on your team as a one year rental. Um, so how does how does Virginia Tech manage that? They don't. It's over with. But we can still have some good times along the way. It, like as far as Virginia Tech in the grand scheme, like it's kind of cooked. It's over with. Like uh, when the musical chairs when the music stopped, we didn't have a seat at the table. But I mean. Only thing we can do is develop, 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 pray they stay, pray they, you know, pray we can hold it together and put together like a pit year where we got a bunch of 23-year-olds. <laughs> bunch of guys we got from other schools. Yeah, like, I, I got to keep it all the way real. Like, we're not equipped. <laughs> we're just not equipped. Um once it got to the point where, like, now they can, like, tamper, like, that that changes everything. Like, yeah. For real, for real. Like, like, now dudes are just up and leaving because this team got a bag, that team got a bag. Like, it's nasty. Like, for us, that kills us because Virginia Tech for years prided itself as a developmental school. Like, even if 
I mean, Fuente was the first to say it, but that's what Virginia Tech is. And now it's like, oh, now we're just going to be feeding, you know, like the farm league for Clemson or it's about to be crazy. Well, Dabo don't believe in transfer portal, but, you know, farm league for other teams. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Like we're we're almost a developmental. We used we used to be a developmental school for the NFL, but now we're a developmental school for other college football programs. Hey, yeah, it's about to be nasty. Speaking yeah. of the NFL and developing players for the NFL, we had some guys get drafted a couple weeks ago. Nobody went in the top four rounds, but uh, we did have. Four draftees. No, I think hey, top four. I think James Mitchell was a fourth rounder, was he? He was a fifth round. Oh, my bad. The fifth round. The Hopium. went six. Uh, Tanuda went six. Lucita Smith went six. Um, congratulations to every, all the draftees. But Brock Hoffman got a, a free agency, a free agent offer from Cleveland. I don't know if he actually signed it, but he. Trey Turner uh, ended up with the Raiders. I think that's a good look for Trey Turner too. Yeah, in the in the black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he can hang out with uh, Devontae. Yeah, in bit. Vegas. In Vegas. So shout out to Trey Turner. Um, hopefully he makes the team over there. Uh, Raheem Blackshear ended up in Buffalo. Jermaine Waller ended up in Detroit, which is almost perfect. Jermaine Waller. Wearing ski masks and shit, he should be in Detroit. Yeah, yeah facts. Joel Williams uh, went to Miami. Shanka Hodge went to Arizona. Uh, John Parker Romo went to the Saints. And Tay Daly got a camp invite with the Cardinals. Um, salute to all the NFL Hokies and NFL hopefuls. Hopefully, they all make the team. Uh, realistically, all of them won't make their teams, but Hey, it's still an experience, and you put the uniform on. Can't nobody ever take that from you. So, shout out to all the NFL Hokies. Any, uh, any of these NFL Hokies you think uh, good fits, uh, got a chance? They, you, you like where they're at? Well, James Mitchell in Detroit. I know they got T.J. Hawkinson. That's their first tight end, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, T.J. Hawkinson's their first. So there's no pressure on James Mitchell to hurry up and come back. They got a they got a rock solid tight end and he can learn from one of the best in the pros and uh get his get his get his health right. And when he does come back, he can be like a Delaney Walker type tight end where a deadly second tight end. Which, right. Um and I think I think James Mitchell got he really got the best chance to out of this crop of NFL Hokies to carve himself a nice, decent career. Um, up there in Detroit, especially playing alongside T.J. Hawkinson and whoever else they have. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I think another one that could that could work out pretty well is Lucita Smith with the Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals have had a long-time issue with interior linemen, and I, I think he might just get thrown into the fire early. Uh, so if he gets thrown in and plays well, um, he might have a spot for a while. Um, so I think you know, getting thrown into the NFC West five is a little different. Hey man, that's a fire you don't want to be in. Those D lines. You know what I mean? The NFC West. It'll be making you look bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
see, Wednesday last, you know, we know if you could play early. But yeah, shout out to Lucita Smith. And, um, Barno and Charlotte, uh, that's going to be interesting. Um, may, maybe he gets on special teams. You know, he, he starts to make his niche special teams. And maybe two, three years from now, he gets himself a pass rush bag and can move a little bit laterally. He can find, start cracking the rotation over there. So shout out to Amari Barno. Yeah, I feel like that's an interesting fit. Um, they have the edge rusher over there, the um, Brian. Oh, I forgot his last Brian name. Burns. Brian Burns. Yep. Um, I feel like he's very similar to to Amari Barno uh, in general, just more polished than like a pure edge rusher. But um, mm-hmm. I feel like if he's gonna learn from anybody, it's probably gonna be Brian Burns. So. Might be a good spot for him over there. Um, definitely a good spot. Definitely a good spot over there. Um, and and Joe Williams, Joe Williams with the Dolphins. Uh, I, I maybe Joe Williams can make some shake down there. Uh, one of his teammates from Clemson plays down there, and I'm blanking. I can't think, think of his name. Christian Watkins. Yeah, I think that's. I, I I'm probably. Yeah. Christian song. The one, that, the one that did the split. The one that was on his hot boy summer shit at the Natty. So I'm thinking of Christian Watson, not Christian Watkins. Um, you know who I'm talking about. Christian, Christian something. Uh, the boy that did the split. I know he is. Yeah, yeah. The boy that did, yeah. The boy that did the split. Uh but shout, shout out to Joe Williams. Seven five seven zone. Yeah. Um let's go into the draft. Um so so the draft, I thought it was kind of crazy, um, just how it kind of shook out and, and where people went. Um, what what kind of stood out to you? Let's talk about first round in, in general, kind of how it started. Um, anything that stood out to you? Sauce Gardner not being the first corner taken was insanity. Uh, I don't know what the Texans were doing. If you was going to take a corner, why don't you take the best one? Uh, I didn't get that. I didn't get that at all. Yeah, yep. He's he's the biggest one too. Six three, two hundred, long ass arms. Like, I agree. I thought I I personally thought he would have been the first off the board for the for the corners. Derek Stingley hasn't been good in in now like three years. It's been since twenty nineteen. Yeah, pre pandemic. Yeah, pre pandemic. That's whole. That's a whole another whole another ball game. So. Um, I was kind of surprised too. What'd you think about Trayvon Walker going number one instead of Aiden Hutchinson, who, I mean, seemed like everybody thought was going to go number one. Um, it's, it's the classic, um, it's the classic upside versus production. And the NFL always goes with upside first. Um, that's, that's just the way it has been. That's the way it always will be. The closest thing I can think to as far as everybody saying what did this number one pick come from was uh, Mario Williams from NC State. And a lot of people were saying Reggie Bush should have been the first overall pick. He was the one everybody knew. We saw Reggie Bush every week. And Mario Williams was an upside guy. And um, history proved the Texans to be right. They gambled on the upside guy and they they were rewarded for that so I can't say Trayvon Walker is gonna be or not gonna be 
I just know that they went with upside over production. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the thing for me was I felt like if there was going to be a upside edge rusher, I thought it was going to be Kayvon Thibodeau. I didn't I didn't think it would it would go to Trayvon Walker. So yeah. I think that's kind of what caught me off guard more than anything. But I get it. I mean, Trayvon Walker tested better than anybody else. Tested great. But you were just, you were just hoping that if you're gonna get somebody from Georgia, like it was so many, it was so many elite players on that Georgia team. Like Trayvon Walker wasn't even on nobody's radar as far as like the best defensive player. Um on that Georgia team, that's what was so crazy about it. Yeah, on a team, he was on a team where like three or four dudes were like bigger stars than him. Yeah, you exactly. Nicobe Dean, Quay Walker, um, Lewis, Lewis, Seen, Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt, all all, yeah. all shine more than he did. Um, yes, yes, so. Uh, it it shook out in his favor though, man. He got the first overall bag, so good for him. Um, what did you uh, what did you think of the uh, of the Forty ers draft? I mean, I know you guys didn't have a first rounder, uh, but you we didn't address Drake we Jackson. Address, we didn't address our number one pressing need, and we could not do that without a, a, a pick until round three. We had to move up, but um. Corner, outside corner. I know they brought back uh Jason Verrett, but he that's injuries. We've needed an outside corner like for years and one opposite, you know, cornerback number one. So we weren't able to do that, but um it's a C. I, I gave a me personally I gave a draft a C. Uh Drake Jackson obviously edge rusher wasn't a position of need. As we have uh, D Ford and Nick Bosa, D Ford is coming back. So, um, but Drake Jackson, Drake Jackson at the end of the second, that's not bad. I mean, he was kind of maybe a fringe first rounder for a while. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not bad, but it wasn't what we needed. Right for positional we value. Got a gaping hole. We have, we have a gaping hole in our secondary. Like it's bad. We was out there like we got uh Darquez Denard right now, like at corner. Like right now, we got Darquez Denard. Like, come on, man. Former Bangle, man. He's gotten burnt a lot in his career. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, like last year we had the corpse of um Drake Drake Kirkpatrick. We had Drake Kirkpatrick starting games at corner last year. Ugh. Like that's what I'm saying. Like, it's that bad at at corner. Um Safety were actually okay in my opinion, but yeah, I, I had I have to give it a C. Uh Danny Gray, the receiver we took, he he uh has some potential going forward, but um great drafted a bunch of motherfuckers we don't need. We needed we needed corner help. All three corners. We needed three. Yeah. Yeah. Um I think you know. I think they might have been looking at uh, Cam Taylor Britt in the second round, and the and the Bengals took him with the pick before. Uh, maybe that was the guy for the outside corner. Um, so I don't know, man. I think the the Bengals ended up trading up to twenty to to sixty, and then and then the first pick for the 49ers was sixty one. You guys took Drake Jackson, and and the Bengals jumped up to take 
Cam Taylor Britt, who's the corner from Nebraska. And I was listening to a podcast recently, and they were talking about how uh, it was like the scouting director for the Bengals, but uh, he uh, he wanted to move up because he thought that there were a couple teams that might have wanted to take him. So maybe he was talking about the 49ers. Yeah, might have been talking about it. Yeah. What do, you, what do you think? The, what do you think about with the Bengals? Were you pleased with their efforts? Um, it was, it was, uh, it was, a, it was a good draft. I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't ecstatic, you know. But um, Dax Hill in the first, I, I can live yeah, with. He can, play. he can play. He can play everywhere too. Uh, any position on defense, he can play. Um, so. I think they they went for the future with their defense. They kind of addressed the offensive line and free agency, so uh, went the other way on the defense. But um, they didn't take a lineman till the fourth, and um, the lineman they took was kind of a fringe guy. A lot of people didn't even have him on their boards. Some people had him in the second round. He was just all over the place, so maybe he's good, maybe he's not. If he's bad, we're going to be set up for, for a rough future. Um, so... You know, it was okay. I thought, you know, I was kind of hoping that um, Tyler Linderbaum would fall to 31. He got two wins to the Ravens. Uh, and the Ravens had a hell of a draft getting him and Kyle shit. Hamilton, man. The Ravens do that shit every year where the best players just fall to them. Yeah. And they always pick them too. They never, they never miss them. They all, no matter what their needs are, they be like, okay, y'all going to just give them to us. Yeah, shout out to the Ravens. They always draft well. They play their cards right, man. They play their cards right. Um, so I'm a little, you know, I'm a little interested to see how things shake. Um, tomorrow night, when you guys are probably listening to this podcast, even on maybe Friday, um, the NFL schedule will be out. Uh, there's a couple leaks. I know that the Bengals are opening the season on Sunday night, week one, with the Ravens at home. So uh, I think that'll be a huge game, Lamar against Burrow in Cincinnati. Um, but it'll be interesting to see where, where everything shakes and, and how the season opens up. So I'm, I'm excited for the NFL. But um, I was, I was uh, you know, the Lions trading up for Jamison Williams. Uh, that was kind of crazy. Drake London being the first receiver off the board was kind of wild. Um, Giants had a hell of a first round getting Thibodeau and Evan Neal. Um, two people that was both potential number one picks. Yeah, yeah, both of them, right? Both of them. Um, Jets got Sauce and Garrett Wilson. So, you know, we I think Jermaine that. Johnson too, yeah, and Jermaine Johnson at the end of the first. Yep. Yep. Man, the Jets going crazy. Man, that's the best thing about the draft, man. Everybody, it's Christmas time. Like, unless you're a Patriots fan, like, everybody came away at least somewhat happy with some of the players they got. Yeah. That's the best thing about the draft. Shout out to the shout out to Bill Belichick. Still the smartest man in the room. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing about the draft, man. Um, I've always said it, but, like, at the end of the draft, you can always talk yourself into, like, every team. For the most part. I mean, there's a few teams maybe, yeah. but like almost every team you can talk yourself into like, okay, this team could be solid. If things shake yeah. right, this team could be solid. You know, it's it's Christmas for these teams. It's the only it's the only day every year where all fans of every team can come together and be happy about what they're doing. For the most right. part, yeah, unless you're a Patriots, Patriots fan. fan. <laughs> unless you're a Patriots fan. I don't know what the fuck they doing, but everybody else can come yeah. up with something. Especially, you, especially when you draft some of the players that you don't know, 
And you go and you you everybody falls for the YouTube highlights. Oh yeah, oh, the YouTube God. highlights. Yeah, yeah. YouTube highlights to get you every time. Just bombs production. Shout out that guy, man. Yo, that dude's a legend. A legend. That dude is a whole legend out here. Yeah, shout out that guy. Man, he man Harris highlights legends. Yo, they both started Patreons recently, and they've been they've been racking it up, racking it as they should. They've been holding it down as for years, do. years. I've been watching those guys. They got everybody, any player. You look them up, and they got them. They got them. Shout out to them. Shout out, shout out to everybody that's powered in highlights. Because, you know, the highlight game, you know, they be getting demonetized and all that. So good for them to be out here getting money. Yeah, exactly. All um, what do you think about all the wide receiver trades? So, like, the Titans trading away A.J. Brown and then t- taking Traylon Burks, who's basically the same fucking player. Hey man, hey, wide receivers out here getting making 20, 25, 30 million dollars. It's a numbers game out here. I, I was saying it earlier, and, and you know, when it comes to talking about Debo, and Debo wants to be paid, you know, top money. And it's like, as much as I'm a fan of Debo, and he's one of the best players on our team, college football give you six, seven, eight starting level receivers every year, bro. Like, you got to be kind of crazy to pay some of the money that some of these dudes get paid. It, yeah. it just is what it is. Well, like, why why would I sit up here and pay Debo twenty five to thirty million when I know damn well we found Debo in the second round? You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't like this was a no brainer. Debo was the best receiver in this draft. I think three or four receivers were ahead of him. Like. The college football just putting them out every year is like the best athletes play receiver these days. Yeah, I mean, a- receivers. AJ Brown was a second rounder too. Exactly. You know. like, I think Hollywood went before both of them. Yep. T Higgins was a second rounder. Um, they're getting pumped out, man. They're getting I pumped think Devontae out. Devontae Adams was a second round pick. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. like, it's so many good receivers that come out every draft now that you would be crazy to put a lot of your cap into one receiver when you can probably draft two and pay them like, you know, what you would have paid him. Right. But, you know, I think I it's advocating against somebody getting their money, though, but it's just logic. Right. I think it's hard to like where where's the cutoff between where you should pay top dollar and where you shouldn't. You know, who are the guys that you would pay top dollar for versus not? And where's that line? How do you how do you judge? Uh, it's hard to judge that shit. Bro. You know, like it, I feel like from a Bengals perspective, I mean, I'd be cool with Chase. Superstar, and you selling like hella merch, and you getting the money back. Something like that. Yeah. Then I yeah. see it. It's tough though. I agree. I agree. I mean, the Chiefs came away with Sky Moore in the second, and I mean he could just come in immediately and replace. Tyreek Hill, they might not even take a step back. I mean, it's just there's so many of these guys coming from all over the place. Um, so I get where these teams are coming from. I get where these teams are coming from. But it's weird because half the league, half the league is on board with doing that. And then the other half of the league is like, we're gonna pay these guys. Right. You know, like like and it's and it's I think and I think it's always a place for for top receivers to still get paid because I think Las Vegas Raiders do need 
a high paid Devontae Adams just to drum up interest. They don't even have a fan base out there. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you need to bring in a star. And plus, I mean, Derek Carr are friends. So that helps too. I think the Dolphins did need to pay Tyreek Hill because they do need star power. It's Miami. Like, I see both sides of it. I just think that college football gives you too many receivers every draft to just pay somebody $30 million. Yeah. Money. Yeah, I, man. I, I mean, but if you ask me, I'm against paying quarterbacks most of your cap, too. So I'm kind of a. You got to spread the wealth. You got to spread the wealth. It's too, it, yeah, it's a salary cap. Unfortunately, it's a salary cap game. So. Yeah, it's really the game within the game with the money, man. You just got to you gotta set your team up yeah. right. Yeah. You know? if, if they ain't have a salary cap, I say, fuck it. Give them what they want. Yeah. That ain't how the game go. Yep, you're working within that that structure. Um, but no, I agree with the Devontae Adams stuff in, in Vegas. Because one thing I always said is like if you're Vegas, right, and you're advertising, who are you putting on the billboard? Derek Carr. In Vegas, you putting Derek Carr on the on the billboard. Come come see the Raiders play. We got Derek Carr. Like you need somebody bigger than that, right? Man, Derek Carr is pretty good, but he ain't he don't move the needle. Yeah. Devontae Adams, Darren, though. Darren Waller, Darren Waller is like low key one of the best tight ends. Right, but, but he kinda he, he kind of keeps it low key. You know? Yeah, you need you need a Devontae Adams for that. Yeah, you need somebody that's gonna sell sell merch, sell tickets. Yeah, bring in the bring in the betters. Yeah, bring in the people. Yeah, that's what you need. Um, so last one I got for you, Kenny Pickett being the first quarterback taken to the Steelers. We called that for a long time. Um, you think that's going to work out? I mean, they got, they got Mitch Trubisky there too. It's a hometown fit. What, what's your thoughts? Uh, when it comes to the Steelers, they got Najee Harris. They, they obviously Kenny Pickett, one of those dudes where like, he's going to be this year's Mac Jones. If he does get the start, well, he'll probably get the start. He got a good team around him already, and he could probably guide them to wins and help them win. But I don't think he's scaring any of their opponents as well. So, shout out to Kenny Pickett. Um, like I said, I don't think he's going to scare nobody, but the Steelers are a decent team where they can still win games with him at starting quarterback. If, yeah, they, if he wins the yeah. job. And they got a good coach too, good defense, good franchise. Um, that's a tough division right now. I mean, you got Burrow, Watson, Lamar, a lot of good quarterbacks there. Yeah, hell yeah. I wouldn't willingly draft the fourth best quarterback in the conference. I would have done that, but I mean, that's them though. Yeah, that's the Steelers. The Steelers, they go with their needs, man. They go with their needs every time. Go with their needs. I don't know. That that conference, I mean, let alone that that division, but that conference, I'm not drafting somebody that I can't that think I think can't outgun some of the people in that conference. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I'm on board with that. The, I would have rolled the dice with Mitch. And if we would have been some ass, then that's just what it is. And if you go get CJ Stroud. Or Bryce Young, I need a young gun. That, that's just me, though. Yeah, yeah, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on the same page. You know, you need the elite guys, not the mediocre guys. So, 
Any other anything Baker, else? You, uh... Baker Mayfield got shown the door. He a number one pick. Yep. Nope. And he's still uh, on me. I mean, he's he got shown the door, but he's still not traded yet. So that'd be interesting right. to see. Well, he got well, he got replaced effectively. He, he ain't been shown the door yet, but he's on his way. On his way out. Yeah, yep. Yep. So anything else for the draft? Do you uh you remember? Um, no, it was just it was just good to see. Um it's all you know, nowadays they they kind of go into the draft with some money in their pocket. So when nobody really like crying no more. That, that them days are kind of over with. Like <laughs> But uh, it was just dope to see people achieve their dreams, you know. We as we as fans, the media, for three, four, sometimes five, six years, these dudes get torn to shreds, criticized, picked apart. So it's good to see them, you know, walk across that stage or get their name called, you know, and, and finally it's like the pinnacle. It's like you, everything you grinded for, you got it. Um, and, you know, now, you know, obviously the work ain't done, but for one day, you can say, look, I was NFL draft pick. Ain't nobody ever take that shit from me. So, mm-hmm. but I was to all the draft picks, even Mr. Irrelevant, Brock, Brock Purdy, who my team took, uh, from, for, hey, you got your name called. Can't nobody take that from you. Yep. Yep. It's one, it's probably got to be one of the coolest, uh, experiences anybody could ever have is to get. Draft in the NFL or drafted in general it doesn't really matter what what sport you're playing. I mean, that's just got to be such a cool experience, you know. Yeah, you put that, you put that, you put that that helmet on, and it says uh, Chicago Bears or whatever. Even if you only got to do it for a couple of weeks, like, hey, you got to do it, you know. Yeah. It's a, even if you just got a practice uniform, hey, that's yours. It got Bears on it or Packers or whatever. So. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of us got that, man. Not a lot of people have that. Hell no. A lot of people, I mean, even shout out Gerard Evans, like, he didn't get to have the long NFL career, but shit, he got to hang out with Aaron Rodgers. You know, he got to be around Aaron Rodgers. I mean, how, how many people can say that? You know? Right. So, yep. That shit, that shit got to be dope. You got to take your wins. Yeah. Yeah. Got to take your wins. Take your wins. So what's going YSL? on? Yeah. YSL? YSL got red, man. Uh, they got Rico. Um, I haven't combed through the paperwork too, too much, but um, the streets are saying that Young Thug was talking on the phone, man. Talking on the phone with the shooters. They got they got them on. They, they had his phone wired. That's bad. Uh, bad, know, bad you news. Get your asshole full of time uh, when they got you talking on the phone. Um, yeah. We're, we're about to see exactly how much money Young Thug has and how deep his pockets really go because he's going to have to have some of the best lawyers um, to, to, to get his time shaved down because uh, he's going to prison. Uh, the question is going to be, how long and uh, who's going with him? Yeah, those, those are the questions. And who's going to snitch? Uh, who who's going to talk? Because uh, that's going to be important too. When's the last time something something like this has has happened? Or or no, never. 
like last fucking week when Lucci and them got Rico, uh, the people that they were beefing with, uh, uh, YFN and YSL was in a game war in Atlanta, and uh, a lot of bodies. The thing about wars is once you start racking up bodies, uh, the feds are definitely watching. You cannot murder people, even rival gang members, and get away with the shit. Uh, apparently, allegedly, when Lucci almost got when Lucci got stabbed in prison, uh, Young Thug commissioned that hit or okayed it or whatever. So, uh, Lu- Lucci is currently locked up on Rico charges. Uh, and a lot of them, are, like it ain't even just YSL, it ain't just YFN. Uh, it's been rumors that 4PF might be next. So all little baby fans get worried because they saying 4PF might be next. Uh, obviously OTF, you little Dirk fans, y'all might want to get saddled up because uh, I don't think it's gonna stop with YSL. I wouldn't be surprised if 4K Trey gets looked into. Uh, young boy is already awaiting whatever he's waiting, awaiting. Uh, yeah, it's about to get real nasty. Um, it, it, it's, it's about to be crazy, crazy times to be a hip hop fan. Uh, you motherfuckers might want to be Jack Harlow fans. <laughs> I don't think Jack gonna get Rico no time soon, but uh, hey man, it is what it is. Yeah, man, some wild shit. Um, I don't really know a whole lot about Rico's, but it seems like when when somebody's involved, uh, everybody kind of kind of takes the fall too, uh, and then the the government kind of leverages the people um, that know something and, and kind of helps them get off for more information. So it kind of it, it does, doesn't really seem like it works in the Young Thug's favor very much. Oh hell no! I mean, Fetty Wap got Rico. Um, his pe- him and his people. So, man, the Ricos is nasty business, and they and they are designed to make people snitch. Um, right, right, because they take you, they take time off for you. Yeah, yeah, they des- it's designed to find the weak links, and I don't think Young Thug will be offered any opportunity to snitch because it's looking like he is top of the food chain. Uh, he's what they're after, you know. Yeah, so I don't think he's gonna have an opportunity to snitch because the the plea deals and the the opportunities to snitch will be to put Young Thug away. So, uh, yeah, man. Um, when you when you dropping bodies and and I I I gotta say this because I'm a black person and, and and these are black people. And I, I hate to see all the time because when these organizations, you know, do these, do what they do, killing and robbing and all that and, and these predatory tactics on their own people and their own neighborhoods. And just because these niggas can rap and make good music, motherfuckers will get on the internet and say, free Ronnie, free this person. Some of these motherfuckers need to be locked up, man. Like, listen, you can make good music, and that's well and fucking good, but lock some of these motherfuckers up, man, if they're guilty of what they're doing. I don't give a fuck. I listen. I, I love Young Thug's music. Listen to that nigga all the time, man, but if he really commissioned all these murders, like, come on, bro, like, 
we got to be real with ourselves too. We can't sit up here and be like, fuck the police for this or fuck that person for that. And then watch this nigga commission all these murders and be like, but fuck that. He made lifestyle. Like, it, like it got to make sense too, though. Like, right. for real. Like, but shout out to Thugger. But if, if he involved in all that. Now, if all the bodies came from just the beef with YFN or any other any other street entities, I mean, the game is the game, and that's just what come with it. But if innocent people was getting killed, then, hey, man, lock these motherfuckers up, man. But if it was just on some YSL versus YFN and all these other street shit, hey, man, that just come with it. Bodies come with drug wars and gang wars. Like, bodies come with it. Um, Dumb people signed up for that. Sadly. But um, yeah, unfortunately. If, if innocent people got killed or, like, they was just out here just reckless, just popping motherfuckers and, hey, lock the motherfuckers up. Yep. That's just yep. what it is. Unfortunate. Uh, unfortunate. Um. Yeah, tough situation for everybody. Um, don't like seeing some of these guys go down, but like you said, you know, if they're they're wrapped up in it, you know, then it is what it is. Hell yeah. So all you four PF motherfuckers, hey, get your shit in order. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Baby, you better get the fuck out the country, man. If you involved. <laughs> yeah, man. Baby's one of my and favorites they got these too. man, listen. Why I said them niggas was reckless as hell. Niggas said I'm big slam and we doing all the crimes. Bro, what the fuck? <laughs> what the hell? These yeah, say, man. Block some of these niggas up, man. Some of them got to touch, some of them got to touch some jail time, some prison time. Um it's a lot of motherfuckers get somebody, I think Say Cheese posted a picture. Uh, all the rap, not all the rappers, because goddamn, we don't have enough time in the day. But just posted a whole bunch of rappers locked up. I ain't know Q the fool was locked up. Yeah, like, that picture of that picture of all the all the rappers locked up. Yeah, I said, what the Q the fool locked up? Red shooter. Yeah. <laughs> Red shooter, man. Yeah, wow. going going down, man. The fans doing anything. I ain't never going to jail. They crazy. <laughs> I'm a regular motherfucking I avoid jail. They crazy. <laughs> the fuck? The fuck I look like making all that money and going to jail. That's yeah. So what's going on with you? What do you got? What do you got going on these uh these days? Everything going going smooth in your parts? Yeah, man. Everything good, man. I'm trying to stay away from the fucking coast, man. Neptune trying to kill us all. But other than that, man, I've been chilling, man. Staying all the way out the way, man. You know me. Yeah. Uh, doing my showers and floors, man. Staying out the way. Yeah, I feel you. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully, you know, get down there for for ODU and uh, check out the area, man. You got you got to show me around, show me the spots. Yeah, you know what's crazy, ODU. Uh, like late August, early September. Uh, that's hurricane season. Like hurricanes gonna be popping off. Hey, but man, if hurricane season's right now, man, maybe, maybe it'll be maybe it'll be nice by then. Like hell no, that's <laughs> August, September is when it goes down, especially here. Like we're on the coast, so yeah. ODU game, we should probably gonna be having a hurricane that weekend. It's gonna be litty. 
Everybody come out. It's gonna be a lot of fun. We're gonna be drowning and dying and shit. <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of fun, man. Y'all come down for ODU weekend. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Hurricane's gonna hit. Yeah. We'll get it, we'll get it popping regardless. Yeah. <laughs> regardless, regardless. Yes, sir. You got anything left to say to the people? Hey man, we got we got episodes coming. We've been uh, you know, it's off season, so we 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 come when we got stuff going on. Um mm-hmm. you know, but we'll be wrapping up, you know, we'll be we'll be getting we we'll speeding up soon. So uh stay tuned. Uh we got stuff, we got stuff coming. So just uh just keep rocking. Definitely got stuff in the works, man. Shout out to Dex, man. Let me, let me put some respect on Dex's name, man. Uh I think he's at what Dex is loaded. Yep, and uh, at, Loaded NIL. We got two accounts. At, at Loaded NIL, man. Shout out to Dex, man. Um, He got some shit under wraps. I ain't going to spoil his, what he got going on. But shout out to Dex, man. We see, we see you. We see you grinding out here, Chief. We see you. He's coming up, man. He's coming up. He's got a good plan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He got some, he got some shit coming, too. Who knows, man? Everything work out properly, man. Might be some collabs in our future, man. Hey, hey, it's we always man. willing. We always willing to work, and the shit gotta make sense. But right. we always willing to work, you know. So, so exactly, exactly. Good shit. You got anything left? Nah, man. That's it, man. Till next week, y'all. God bless.